Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, this is uh, Mike again. It's old religion dystopia, knowing versus belief. It is allegedly March the 24th, 2000 and. 17 A.D. You know, I have to say the A to deceit. Anyways, uh, I got a first-time guest and a first time I, I think that I've ever interviewed someone who uh, deals with uh, well, angels and spirits and such. And so, uh, and I spelled such wrong, so I apologize for that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, Ellen, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Uh, well, you know, I really appreciate you and I didn't know each other until basically yesterday. And um, uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that you're willing to talk to, to me and the, the listeners uh, of my recordings and shows um, about a topic that, um, well, never really discussed before seriously um and so yeah exciting uh could you uh do us a favor amanda if you're willing to and tell us a little bit about yourself uh maybe where you're from and all that you don't have to get don't give us your address or anything like that but just you know the neck of the woods you're from and do you want my best friend amanda to tell her or do you want myself ellen well i want you ellen and amanda is amanda (laughs) <laughs> did I, oh my gosh! All right, you said did Amanda. I, That's okay. Did I? How many times did I say Amanda? Just the once. Yeah, or just the once. Oh, good. I didn't introduce you, uh, the world to uh, about you, starting with Amanda. Okay. I'm a little frizzle frazzled. We had I was supposed to have a show last night, and the guests well, they did show up. So, and then I'm busy doing my artwork. So, I normally. Uh, but anyways, Ellen. Helen Scott, um, please tell us who you are. <laughs> well, it's actually, um, it's Ellen Wessler is my author name. And I am, I live in Indiana and around the Greenfield area. And I've published two books now and I'm going to continue it going a series about angels. Could you tell us today? Supernatural could, Fantasy. Can you tell, oh, Supernatural Fantasy. Okay. Can you tell us the name of the two mm-hmm. books? Um, it's a Ascending Angel, which is the name of the series, and the first book was Ascending Angel, and the second one was Miraculous, which was just released a couple weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what what motivated you to to kind of um, well look into this such thing as angels? I what, am what actually is- fascinated with angels. I do believe in them. Um, I was raised and I went to Catholic school and I've been to a few different churches and what have you, but I've always found the different angels and what they represent and what they can do for you. I've just always been fascinated with them and finally wanted to write about them. All right. Are you still Catholic or an active Catholic? Um, I am. I would consider myself Catholic. Am I a very good one? No. <laughs> Not as I should be. I don't go to church like I should, but um, I, if somebody asked me what religion I am, I would always go back to being Catholic. Oh, okay. And I would owe that a lot to. Of, um, there's different pastors out there that I found very interesting, but there's a couple of priests out there that also helped me throughout the years and have given me great advice. So I would say that my first choice would always be Catholic. Okay, my sister and brother-in-law are Catholic, so, and uh, my sister teaches at a Catholic school, um, so I'll try to mind, mind my p's and q's when it comes to to that. <laughs> oh no, it's all good. I've heard it all. 
<laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I've been, you know, with my show, and re- I've done a lot of research history-wise and who we are, and uh, inevitably um, the church, the mother church, show, shows up. So um, it's heavily influenced us in our lives in many ways than people realize. So, but uh, so I try to. I'm not attacking Catholics when I when I bring up the dark side of things of the Catholic Church. But then again, to, to, for, to be fair, I bring up the dark side about a bunch of people, so <laughs> including Protestants and whatever. So, but that doesn't mean uh, I'm a believer in God myself. I just I have issues with uh, organized religion. But you know that's uh, either here or there. The fact a lot of the matter is, yeah, I think we have some good reasons for it. To be honest with you. And I think maybe part of those reasons is uh, your journey here, what you're talking about with angels and all that, and uh, and spirits and what are the uh, so you're interested in angels? Yes. You and uh, I, I guess uh, do you look at both sides, the good and the bad? Yes, I do. That um, it's basically my series is on my personal beliefs, and honestly, it probably it picks apart a few different religions because I think in a lot of ways, if you take a little bit from each religion out there and throw it in a box, mix it together, that would probably come some kind of truth. I agree. So yeah. I, um, I cover the good and bad and it, I have gotten a little bit of controversy or some people that don't necessarily agree with me, which is fine because I do bring up, um, it starts with the archangels. And basically the story is that the archangels go to God and ask for help because Lucifer has become so strong and evil is basically influencing man more than they can. And so evil is becoming the stronger and they're wanting to bring balance back and in hopes that God just doesn't get fed up and end everything. So he gives them a gift, which is in the form of a human angel. And she is here basically to help the archangels go after Lucifer and bring good as the higher power rather than bad. And it's all out of, I've taken basically a lot of things that have happened in the past 10 years that, you know, you've seen on the news that have happened and are constantly happening. Um, And how, if if you could have a conversation with angels today, how would they feel about things that are going on? Or how would God feel about it? And then I also bring up that um, a lot of people don't like to recognize that Lucifer was one of the original archangels, and I bring that up in my book. And basically that, you know, as much as we hate to talk about Lucifer, we do need a hell, in my opinion, just for a place that some people do need to go, um, just like we need a heaven. And there's a balance, and it's all about, you know, where that balance is. And right now I do believe that evil is stronger than good. If you go off of what you see on TV and how people act and so on and so forth. Well, valid points all the way around. So it's interesting. So did you get uh, uh, some kind of inspiration from the book of Job and, you know, when, uh, you know, uh, Satan would go up to the, the council of God and, and God say, well, what are you doing here? And, uh, and then, you know, the conversation about Job and God allowing Job to, or Satan to, to tempt Job and all, you know, to lose everything that he has and all that kind of stuff. Did, was that part of your inspiration about the, you know, this God council? Or where uh, did you? No. Actually, my inspiration, um, I would have to say the first time, and this is it could probably going to make me sound crazy, but anybody that knows me, I am a little off sometimes. But oh, I stop, 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 stop <laughs> saying that. Side. It drives me nuts. People say, every time People anybody has, that. well, that's the problem is, is I'm going to tell you something from my observation, all my research. It's the crazy people are the ones who deny all oh, that the richness of uh, life and its diversity, and including its spiritual side. So I'm sorry. They're the blockheads. No, not it's you. all good. <laughs> but I actually had, um, back in middle school, I had an encounter with evil. And to this day, I, I would swear on a Bible that God had everything to do with what, how it was taken away. 
and it was for my lack of my stupidity and if my friend Shannon's listening, um, we decided to play with a Ouija board one day and it wasn't even a real Ouija board. We had just made it up. We took like pieces of paper and a cup and, um, and so it, it wasn't the real thing. And we were asking it stupid questions like, you know, does so-and-so like me? How many kids will I have? Blah, blah, blah. Well, the cup never moved. Nothing ever happened. I never thought anything of it. Well, I ended up playing with it by myself. And still, again, in my mind as a child, thinking it's a game. Well, what ended up happening that week, it scared the living death out of me. And I saw it, and my little dog knew something was off too because it, um, it knew something was there because it would growl. And, it, it, I mean, it wasn't horrible. It's not like things moved in the movie. It was basically a very loud, angry voice that constantly yelled my name at night. And then when I went to school, it followed me to school. So, you know, I thought I was losing my mind, but then my dog, um, the third night into it, when it would yell out my name and get really, really angry, it never said anything other than my name, but my dog started growling at where the voice was coming from in the house. And it just so happened at the time, there was like an hour there in the evenings where my dad was an officer and he was at work and my mom was getting off of work, so... There was about an hour there where I was home alone and just with my sister. So it happened that whole week, and it would get closer and closer to my bedroom, and it scared, just, it, it scared the bejesus out of me. And um, finally, on a Thursday, I prayed and prayed and prayed that it would just stop, that I would never play with the Ouija board again. I would never have anything to do with that. I would, um, and to this day, my kids know that, you know, Ouija boards are no-nos. I'm against them. I tell everybody that brings it up, just don't don't go there just on the chance that um, you invite something evil into your life. Well, I prayed, and it just that night that I must have prayed for hours. And when I went to sleep, I had a dream about my grandmother, who had been gone for a long time. And usually in dreams, when you see people that have deceased, you can't really make out their faces. You know it's them, but you can't see the details. It just so happened that night I had a dream about my grandmother and we were at a, we were hosting some party out of the house and I turned around and she was sitting there looking at me and I simply said, everything's going to be okay now, isn't it? And she nodded yes and I could see all the details of her face. And from that point on it stopped and I've never played with a Ouija board since. And when the movie came out, I mean, I'm sure my kids probably did it and told me they didn't do it, but... Um, I made them promise me they wouldn't even go see it because that was my promise when I prayed is that I would preach that Ouija boards, just they shouldn't even be messed with. Now, so that was movie, my evil experience. What, 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 what was the name of the movie again? Um, I don't remember the name of the movie. There were two movies. In the early 80s, there was a movie, I believe it was called Ouija Board, and that's where my friend Shannon and I actually got the idea to make one up and start messing with them, which is totally stupid. But I want to say a couple of years ago, there was another movie and it might've been called Ouija board, but it was based off of a Ouija board. I don't know what happened cause I didn't see it, huh. but it was very popular. And I, you know, if you go into the kid's aisle for games, you see a Ouija board game. And I just, to this day, I look at it and just get goosebumps. So that was my evil, that was my personal experience with evil. Well, that's so that dark. Kind of, that, that's just, it. that sounds like it was quite a frightening experience and disturbing. So uh, well, how about the light side, how the good side? Tell us about your experience with that. Well, um, there's been a couple of them. And obviously that was one because of the dream and then it stopped. It never happened again. Um and then there's just been a few things that some people would say coincidences, but one of them being there was a morning that my son and I were, he was running late and he was, everything should have been as it normally was and we should have left on time, but it just so happened that morning he couldn't find his shoe, he couldn't find his homework, he couldn't find his book bag. So we were just later than usual. Well, we ended up showing um, – I ended up dropping off at school, and then I headed to work. And when I got to a certain interstate, 
and it, it's actually in Indianapolis at Thompson and Meridian, which is kind of a bad interstate. But anyway, when I got there, there was a bad accident that had just happened, and there were no police officers yet. And I just knew if it hadn't been for my son running late that morning that I would have been involved in that. And it, was, it, it gave me the chills because everything was, like I said, normally he had a pattern. He took his shoes off by the door. It just so happened one shoe was somewhere else. And his book bag was somewhere where it never usually was. So that was one of them. And then my second, um, I lost both of my parents a few months apart. And when my mom passed away, first of all, she made me promise she knew my fascination with angels and that I did believe in them. And she made me promise her that I would finish writing the story that I started many, many years ago about angels. So I've kept that promise. But when she, um, when she died, she was in a coma and she hadn't been able to talk or move or open her eyes in hours. And right before she died, myself, my brother, my sister were in the room. And if they're listening, um, I know they're going to get teary-eyed. But right before she passed away, the woman that hadn't been able to dress herself or um, have any strength in over a month sat up as if she was 15 years old and completely healthy. She took off her nightgown. And, of course, I asked her what she was doing. I mean, it just shocked me. And she said, I'm getting naked. And I said, why? And she goes, because I'm going to heaven. And it just, it, I thought, okay, well, there, there you go. Apparently, not all, I mean, I knew there was a heaven, but it seals the deal. My mom's in heaven, and apparently you're naked in heaven. So that huh. was the other one. Interesting. Naked in heaven. Yeah. Why not? Um, why not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't see any reason why we should be ashamed of who we are in heaven. God created us. Um, yeah, that's a fascinating and touching story there. Um, I know what it's like to. My father passed away. Oh, he's gone three years now, four years. Yeah, four years. I, I he died in, in my presence. It wasn't in the hospital. It was actually in his house. I was with my son as well. Yeah, a lot, a lot. There's life-changing events, and it's really helped me to wake up to the reality that there is a a, um, a spiritual side to our lives, another dimension that uh, I was completely blind to um, and ignored. <clears throat> and I've seen a few things. I haven't seen any apparitions or anything like that, but um, definitely I've seen the hand of God in my life. That's for sure. One of the things that five, if anything, we should always be show gratitude to our Creator, regardless of the circumstances. So, it seems to be the mm-hmm. best prayer, best prayer there is. Um, yeah, and then your Catholic background that, that makes sense too. Is uh, well, I don't know. Well, let me rephrase that. Let me ask the question. Uh, your experience growing up as Catholic uh, saints and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that might have influenced you in, in any way? It did. Um, like I said, there was also a couple of priests that really influenced me as well. Just their their mannerism and the things that they did for people. One of them in particular, there's a Father Jim that um, he's still at a church on the north side of Indianapolis. And he would, I mean, he would take calls at all hours of the night to go help anybody. And the things that he would do just blew my mind on how selfless he really was. And there's a Father McNally that's passed, but he was also, just in talking to them, I was one of those that, and I still am, because I've been to different church. I've been to Baptist, a Methodist, um, Christian. There was a church that um, I want to say I believe was part Pentecostal. I'm not very familiar with that religion, but I went there, and a lot of them, they have this singing and I know that that's more what people are into nowadays is the singing and really getting into the guitars and the bands. But I personally like to go, whether it's a pastor priest or what have you, and just listen to them, tell the stories and give advice. And the ones that can really make you think and that are good speakers have gotten to me. And those two just, they're influence. I mean, there's some of the things about Catholicism that, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with, and some of that has actually changed since I was younger. 
but you know, just like any religion, I guess you don't agree with everything. But it was—I would have to say—it was more so the priests themselves, the type of people that they were, that really influenced me. Interesting. Yeah, I—I've uh, never found God in a building or in a church. That's always been uh, well, one-on-one. I tried to organize religion, and just wasn't there. So, um, maybe it's the God-given gift I consider of having a critical eye and be able to see the things that quite aren't right. <laughs> and that, you know, really, um, it really, there, you know, there is a guy, we do have a creator and that, uh, the communion is between ourselves and him. That's how I see it. So, um, for whatever it's worth, uh, but let's go back. So it's really cool that you fulfilled your uh, this uh, passion of yours and the request of your mother to to start writing this book about angels. So um, when did you really get going at this and starting your first book? Um, I started this story 20 years ago, but I didn't um, actually right after my mom passed away. I I ended up leaving my job and I took a break for three months and not realizing when I left my job, I turned in my laptop and my laptop had everything that I had started on it. So I didn't have it. So I had to, when I, during that three months, because I had written it so many times in my mind, I just started it over, finished it and published it. There you go. Yeah. But it's been ongoing for, it's been ongoing for quite some time. There was actually um, something else I, I believe in is signs. I believe in signs. I believe in that everything happens for a reason, good and bad. And there was a, a late 90s movie called Hideaway, which was kind of cheesy. But it basically, the whole movie was about good versus evil. And at the very end, typically movies, when they have any kind of religion or they have um, any possession or devil, it always seems like they make the evil side, the stronger side, and that God would never step in or angels would never step in. And it's always frustrated me that, you know, even in the Omen movies, I, I do like scary movies, but the Omens or the Possessed that, you know, really would God allow this to happen or would the angels allow this to happen? Well, this particular movie was about good versus evil. And at the very end of it, I don't, I don't want to ruin it for anybody if you haven't seen it, but basically I was like, well, it's about time. And I really liked the ending in the movie. And come to find out, I didn't know at the end of the movie, there were two different lights, a blue light and a red light that showed up. And I didn't know that the blue light happened until, it was probably a couple months ago when I researched the movie, that it actually represented an angel. And it's an angel that I put in my book. So that was all the more reason that just basically said, yep, I was meant to write this. Cool. Uh, Got to follow those promptings, that's for sure. I mean, I'm glad I did. Uh, like I said, we didn't even know each other until yesterday. Um, <laughs> but something and prompted me. I like your me. artwork, by the way. I did look uh, all that up, and you've got some beautiful artwork. Oh, thanks. Um, well, you know, there's a combination of reasons why I do that. I just, you know, so thank you. Thank you. So, um, And, I, yeah, a lot of it uh, definitely... Um, for me, there's a spiritual connect, connection to it, and uh, maybe someday I'll talk to people about that. Um, but it, we're talking about you today, so uh, tell us. So you got is like is book two like a continuation of, of book one? First of all, yes. is it okay? So let's talk about book one, and okay. maybe you can give us a uh, the plot and an outline of book one, if you'd be willing to. Okay. Yeah. Um... Book one basically introduces the characters and their personalities. There's seven archangels, um, and then it introduces the human angel and her protector, Seth. So the first book, what I've really tried to do and what I'll continue to do is I want my readers to not only fall in love with the plot, but I want them to fall in love with all of the characters. So the first book really emphasized the characters and 
their different personalities and how they're all going to intermingle in the second book, third book, fourth book, so on and so forth. So the first book introduces Sarah Walker, which she is the human angel that um, was created for the archangels in helping them. She does not know at first that she has all these abilities, but as she gets older, when she gets angry, these abilities start happening. So they give her a protector to try to help her control these abilities, which is Seth. Um, And Sarah is named actually after my sister, which is Sarah. And if my sister Sarah was going to be a boy, she would have been Seth. So that's how I came up with those names. And a lot of the characters, other than um, the actual archangels in my book, are based off of different people that I know or that have influenced me with between friends and family. So the main character, she's based off of, her name is based after my sister, but she has more of my personality. But the main character's sister has, I would say, my sister's personality. And she's, um, she's only seven, I believe, when the book starts, and then she gets a little older, and she will obviously continue to get older throughout the books and get stronger. But in the first book, she does have a few miracles that she performs in her abilities and that she really shouldn't. And it kind of focuses on, okay, you can do these things, but everything has a reason. So if you change that, it's going to change something else. So that's why Seth, her protector, is trying to control her, or not control her, I should say, but help her not use those abilities until she's completely matured, which keeps, I continue to say, until she's 17. But in the second book, it basically emphasizes that she's getting so strong that she basically has matured in the second book. So there's a few battles. Um, There's a a few incidences between the archangels and some demons because the demons are, they know that this person has been created, but they're looking for a boy. They're not looking for a girl. Um, And they have no idea that if she is part human, so with her being human, she has all the temptations that humans have. But she's also an angel, so she has all the abilities of an angel and then some. Oh. That sounds interesting. I notice uh, using the sacred number seven there, seven archangels. She starts out at seven years of age. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, the uh, Sarah, or the sister's name, which I understand, but also, you know, Sarah in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and, of course, Seth, uh, who is the, uh, the son of Adam, right? Uh, you can find it in the bottom. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these, the, uh, this, tell us just a little bit. You don't have to, you know, go into detail. Uh, I don't want you to ruin the the plot line here. But uh, what what would the uh, battle between an arch archangels and uh, demons look like? A lot of noise that um, basically their wings, the archangel's wings can be used as weapons and can be used as protective shields because, again, I mean, it is supernatural and it has to be entertaining, but I also believe that their their wings are an extension of them. Um, they, each archangel has their own weapon that they particularly use, whether it's a dagger, whether it's a knife, whether it's a sword, um, and some use their hands. But... When they fight, I kind of describe it as, I guess it's a supernatural fight where it can, it can be in the air, it can be on the ground, but again, I did make the archangels stronger than demons. And basically, as soon as the demons also have wings, but they're black wings and they're not as large, and the archangels have the ability to rip the wings out and dissolve the demon. Oh, very cool. So the archangels... And also, the, the archangels are also very intimidating through noise, where they sound like animals. They have a very high-pitched screech when they're communicating or wanting help or wanting to intimidate. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, archangels, do they have just the two, or are they like in the Bible where the, some have, you know, more of them, like six, and that kind of thing? Well, that um, I started off with seven. So, and right now, Michael, Gabriel, Uriel, 
are probably the most that are mentioned. And then I, I'm slowly bringing in um, Cellophil, Digital, Barkeel, and I always pronounce Raphael's wrong. Raphael. Raphael. Okay. I call them, I nickname them in the book so it's easier for people to follow. So, Barkeel well, is Bark. My, my question was more like, are they like uh, cherubim or seraphim, or are they just, uh, are they, you know, traditional, uh, what people would think of today? Just the two wings. Okay. Are, yeah, just two wings. Um, yeah. And they can they can take form of they can take over a human. And in my book, they only do so when one has passed away. So if they need to, and it's kind of the thing that angels are among us, they can take shape of a, just a regular human if they need to for a while. When they need to communicate with other humans or influence or try to stop things from happening. But it is the it's more of the traditional form ah. when they were first created, and they all have their own personalities. Because keep in mind, my biggest thing is when I wrote it, I was trying to think of okay, Michael has always been known to be the leader. How would he feel today with everything going on, with how people treat each other, and you know, different countries against each other, so on and so forth. Um, so in my book, he does drink. And he's trying to battle that right now because he feels like all of the angels between guardian angels and lower level angels are just kind of falling apart. Um, Uriel is a woman where in the Bible, she's a man, she's a man and her and Gabriel are pretty close. And Celestial is, he has actually taken a relationship up with a human and they're all have this thinking that God is just going to end everything. Oh. And Sarah's purpose is basically to bring them back together, to bring them back together, to bring the guardians back together, and then obviously to make the balance where good is stronger than evil. Interesting. Is there is there any connection then to like Genesis six, I think four or whatever it is, uh, about the you know the sons of God mating with uh, yes. the women of men type of thing and the Nephilim type of idea? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, is there, are there are there men of renown uh, or giants involved in this stories too? Not yet. Oh, not yet. We got to so, build up yet. to it. Okay. Exactly. There's there's a few different things that I've taken from the Bible that um, I thought were interesting. Um, there is, you know, a few of the the archangels. One has a good friend that's a human. The other one actually has, like I said, a relationship with a human. But um, his brothers and sisters, or his brother and sister, do not know about, but then do find out about, and he's going to pay the consequence for that. So it's still considered a sin, but some things from the Bible are brought up and how how they handle them now compared to how the Bible handled it are little tweaks. All right. Yeah, and then I do bring out um, uh, Cain. Cain is going to be introduced in the third book. I was going to introduce him in the second, but he's going to be introduced in the third book. So, so you already got the def- you already got the third you already got the third in the works. Yes, it's ah. a little bit more than halfway done. It's done in my head. I just have to work on it on the weekends. <laughs> oh, you're you're really serious and passionate about this. That's great. So uh, uh, we talked a little bit about the first one and um, about some of the main characters and with Sarah and Seth and the archangels and that kind of thing. Well, what's, uh, um, tell us more about the second book, the newest book. Um, can you expand upon Miraculous. the story? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, the second book elaborates more on the characters from the first and explains why they are the way that they are. There were some evil characters introduced in the first book and why they so, they're so evil and are following Lucifer as explained in the second book, which is Nathan. Um, he's Lucifer's right-hand man, and it's explained why he's so evil in the second book. And then in the second book, there's a lot of things that have gone on in the past couple of years on the media as far as... Um, something I feel very strongly about is hurting children 
So there's a there's a few stories and miracles that are behind as far as abuse on children. And what's nice about being a writer is I can make the human angel basically, not, I don't want to necessarily say punish, but handle the situation how I think it should be handled instead of how it really was. So it seemed like just, I guess, in the news in the past couple of years, there's just been a lot of children that have been harmed or... You're talking about you're talking you. to like Pizzagate and that kind of thing. You're talking about yeah, just a lot of like there were some things here in India where children were found in closets and malnourished and oh yes, just yes. abuse and and it, it seems like all it, and, you know what, I try what, to sometimes what was stay the away na- from the news. What was the name of the family? What was the name of the group or the family that was that that happened? Oh my gosh, I couldn't I couldn't tell you, and I didn't I didn't actually bring up any real names in the book. Because I know there's there's a there's a uh, Christian based uh, internet show out there which I can't remember the name of it now um, that's outside of your neck of the woods, southern Indiana, more uh, where they've been doing uh, actually did some exposés and some documentaries on the fact that I guess Satanism is rampant in, in certain parts of Indiana, which you know. Heck, you know what? I yeah. you know everybody you know most people think that the Church of Satan started and. San Francisco. You know, the truth of the matter is, it was started in 1948, of all places, Toledo, Ohio. I did not know that. So there's a lot of of spiritual battling going on in their neck of the woods. And it's, you know, there's, don't forget the Indian burial mounds and all sorts of things happening, so... Yes, there is... And you said spiritual battling, that's exactly what my book is about. If you want to, I mean, really sum it up, it's spiritual battling. It's people being too tempted to fall into the evil because they're stressed or what have you. So the second book, it does have some dark incidences that um, the outcome is better than what really happened, which is always nice when you get to write and change things to make it better. Right. Um, but so it, it, it definitely has a lot more miracles. She performs more miracles. It takes a turn with Seth because something that's kind of mentioned but not really introduced until the second book is that Seth was, he was pulled out of purgatory to help Sarah. And I know a lot of people don't believe in purgatory, but um, he had been in purgatory for a while, and Gabriel actually took him out to redeem himself and to protect Sarah. So in the second book, he's battling with um, the reason he was in purgatory is because Lucifer had gotten to him and marked him. So he's battling within himself, good and evil. So in the second book, he allows the evil to overtake him a little bit more. So it takes a turn, but I don't want to say too much because a lot of people haven't read that yet. Well, yeah, you don't want to spoil it the plot no i just no. want to just get this tell us a little bit about it. that's all that's good yeah. and, and interesting nathan is another biblical name too he was a prophet and mm-hmm. uh, in the bible during the reign of king david and uh interesting the names that you use you and of course uh but you know, like you said there's no coincidences so um exactly and many many of us have biblical names uh, because we live in a predominantly Judo Christian Christian society, although it doesn't, we don't seem to be behaving that way. Uh, oh, let me rephrase that: it's, this country is not is behaving that way. So, <laughs> with what you just said, exactly. you know, bringing up uh, with the rampant uh, pedophilia that's going on, um, and etc. So there's a lot of dark. Well, there's always darkness, but uh, you know, one of the things is if you look at uh, um, Romans chapter one, it talks about you know man, mankind, and when the, when you de- when you deny God, the existence of God, and um, that's not the same thing as going to church. That's really having belief and understanding there is a divine creator, and uh, well, he'll he'll uh, hand you over to a reprobate reprobate mind, and. Um, uh, so you see all the things that are going on um, with the promotion of, uh, well, sodomy and um, 
uh, transgenderism is a big thing as well. This I, I noticed you know, last year was a lot about um, uh, the pedophile rings in Washington D.C. and all that. It was just um, yeah. If what's the name of that? There's a video out there, a book about Boys Town in Oklahoma. And just look that up, Boys Town, Oklahoma, pedophile ring, you'll find all sorts of stuff. So terrible ring that was going on. It's connected all the way to the 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 president, vice president of the time. And so but that's what happens if you if you deny God and it'll just leave you to a reprobate mind and you'll end up doing things you wouldn't believe. Either that, that you know. So there's a spiritual war going on and if you don't put your trust in God and you know, you know. Um, seems to me that, the, from my experience in life, that there is guardian angels, and that protect you. So, one of the things I've discovered too is, and I'm not <clears throat> anymore a really devout, fanatical Christian. But what's, from my own experience, when I was having spiritual texts uh, calling out in the name of Jesus Christ, it did seem to subside it. And that, well, let me rephrase that: it actually did subside it. So. Um, it seems there's a lot of truth behind it. Um, and it's interesting that you chose to do that. So it sounds to me like you're, you would consider yourself a spiritual person then. Oh, very much so. And what does that mean to you being a spiritual person? Cause everybody has their own meaning behind it, but I'd like to know what your meaning is. Well, like I said, I'm not a very good Catholic. And I don't go to church probably like I should. And when I do go, it's not because I feel like I have to. It's more because I I do enjoy listening. You know, well, isn't that isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting though? The first parts you start to feel guilty about not being a good Catholic. Uh, you know, I grew up a Mormon, so I know exactly. You know, though, I'm very good. I mean, went on a mission and all that, and now uh, I spend my time. Well, it's part of my time exposing that what a cult it is and what a lie it is. So, um, you know, going to church, let me ask you something. This is a serious question and I'm not being disrespectful. Is being a spiritual person equate, it's the same thing as being a good Catholic to you? No. No, of course not. Did you, you know, who needs the religion? Spiritual, yeah. Spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Um, for me, the truth. I just, it's a belief. It's a belief, and it's how you act. And that you yeah. just, you know that he exists, and you feel it, you acknowledge him. You know, I pray. I've taught my, taught my, um, my little guy prays with me every night, and cool. I will continue to do so. And sometimes I just have random conversations. Or you know what have you? Just because I know that he exists, I feel it and I believe it. And wow, you you just have random conversations with God. Awesome. Yes, that's prayer. I try not to do it in the presence <laughs> of other people, so that <laughs> so like who's she talking to? But I do, and you know I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm I will not ever push any religion or beliefs on anybody else. I do believe that you know you you have to learn for yourself. And whatever you believe in, you know, you go with it. That's your choice. And then I also believe um, I've really tried not to judge. Now, have I judged? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that everybody does, but I really try not to. Depending, you know, whatever it is your sexual preferences, whatever it is your religious religious values are, I just I try not to judge. And at the end of the day, I think you know, when you're gone there's one person that's going to look at you and decide where you're going to go. So if you, to me, I know he's there and I just really try to make the best decisions. Am I a saint? No. Do I sin? Absolutely. But I really try my best. I have no problems with giving a dollar to the guy on the corner. And yeah, he may use it for drugs. He may use it for alcohol. I don't care. It's not my business. But, you know, I hope that maybe one day I'll hand out that dollar and that will be enough to maybe think things differently and not use it for drugs or alcohol. I don't, I really try not to judge and just, and be good to other people. Right. 
Well, it's interesting. The whole, the, the whole the whole topic of judging and judgment and what the conflict, the concept of judging in the Bible and then what uh, the world has told us about judging. So they're they're two different things. But um, yeah, I I do. You know, I have uh, my little gardens in the front. I I like uh, planting wildflowers and like ones from the southwest and all that kind of stuff because I like to see the. Yeah, I'm probably the only place in the whole neighborhood or the whole city of Sylvania that actually has uh, honeybees and that kind of thing. So it's and I talk to God at a time, and uh, a lot of times I talk to him about things like you know God, monkey mind of mine is it's really playing up right now, and I'm projecting all sorts of silliness and anger and all that. Kind of, you help me out, that kind of stuff. So it's usually what it is, you know, and gratitude and amazement how beautiful the garden is and his creative power and all that kind of stuff so yeah spirituality what is that you know for each person that they're really it's a good question to ask because each person has a little different idea of what it is and um but, but it does translate into behavior so one way or the other so and yeah it's a very important issue and it's part of who we are and uh, I, like I said, I never could find it in church. I just felt like I was being manipulated and brainwashed. But I find it one on one with God. Uh, it's a lonely journey, being well, the journey that God's gave me in some ways. Uh, but it's a good way too to be alone because it's the only time really that I could ever sense God's presence or, or communicate with Him. Um, Whereas when I'm with a group of people, it doesn't quite work that way. Um, but it's oh, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that, that you say that about church because, I mean, for me, I don't have to go to church to know that God's there or, you know, to feel better about myself or, you know, yes, there's a, that Catholic guilt that sometimes creeps up on me, but for the most part, <laughs> no, I don't feel bad. But I, I had a conversation um, a couple months ago with somebody that they brought up something I'd never thought about because, you know, we always think of churches organized and, you know, give us your money and you've got to donate and do this, blah, blah, blah. But for them, um, they were an alcoholic and they had walked into a church and they had met a couple there and started talking to them and started going to this church and became very close to the pastor at that church. It wasn't, it's not a Catholic church, but for the life of me, I can't remember what she said it was, but, she went in and she changed her life around because of a couple that happened to be there and because of the pastor. And now she's devoted to that church because she feels like that's her home. And when people say, you know, I go to church because I feel comfortable. That's where my friends are. I can learn about God. And it feels like another home to me. That's probably, that's what church should feel like. And if you haven't walked into a place and felt like that, then, you know, don't, I don't think that you should go. I mean, no, I, well, I, th- I really believe, and, I really believe yeah, God, I really believe uh, God has different paths for all of us. And instead of trying to conform and fit into uh, what other people think or say, or what you think it should be, why don't you just listen to God, let him send you where he wants you to. And heck, he sent me to you, Ellen, for having this conversation, which it wouldn't have happened if uh, he didn't prompt me to, to reach out to you, and he didn't prompt you to put on Facebook that you're going to have a uh, um, a party and an opening for your book. And uh, yeah. why don't you talk? Why don't you talk more about that? That's just, that's tomorrow, think, isn't it? Um, no, a lot of people think that. <laughs> no, it's, and the date is right, but I think people misunderstood me. It's actually Saturday, April 29th. It's in a month. Okay. okay. Um, in Greenfield, Indiana, and the tour the tour of Italy Cafe, which is in downtown Greenfield in a beautiful building. I have a passion for old buildings. I absolutely love them. And um, the owner, his mom upstairs actually has an art gallery with some beautiful paintings in there. So uh-huh. I'm going to have it upstairs in the afternoon, and it's going to be a release party for my second book where I can hope. I'm going to sign, I'm going to have my books for sale, and I'll be signing books. And then at some point I will be talking to people because there's a lot of people out there that want to write and that just don't know how to get started or just need that 
push or encouragement. So I'm going to give the advice that I have, and hopefully it helps them. But I really look forward to it. I love talking to people. And it it means the most to me when um, I've had a couple people reach out to me, either face-to-face, Angel and Dawn, if you're listening, hi, um, that absolutely love my book. And, you know, they said that they cried, they've, they've cried, they've laughed, they've gotten angry, and, you know, they get the underlying message with it. Yes, it's entertainment, it's fiction, but there is underlying messages that when you're done reading it, if you feel a little bit better and look at things a little differently, then I've definitely accomplished what I'm trying to do. Well, That's cool. a lot of fun. I can't wait. It'll be nice uh, to meet some people that I haven't before that have read it and can give me, you know, their opinions on it. Well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I hope it works out great. And so, you know, from what, what little I know, you seem very genuine. You seem like a a good soul, and uh, sound like you're a good mom and very responsible. And um, you know, oh, the question that I wanted to ask before I uh, open it up to the folks in the room a couple of here uh it's so how does your your husband respond to all this i am a single mother i have been for a very long time oh, i said your husband i don't have a husband no you don't you have a boyfriend no i'm not married no <laughs> oh my apologies I, I the picture i saw that's of you, okay. uh, so that's your older son is that what it is <laughs> I hope he's listening because I guarantee he's just shaking his head right now. Yes, oh. I have three boys. I have um, my oh. oldest one is in his 20s. And so obviously being Catholic, um, I had him very young, and Father McNally helped me through that. Um, and then I have a middle son that is going to be 16, and then I have my three-year-old. Wow, what a spread. Well, they yeah. keep, they're going to keep you going, that's for sure. We talked oh, about yeah, uh, child rearing and all that yesterday a little bit too, and uh, I have a son as well. I started very late. I'm 49, and he's five and a half. So, so it's your sons. Okay, so what are your what are your sons? How do they respond to mom uh, and her spiritual side and writing books about angels? I'd just be curious to hear what they how they respond to it. They're they're very very supportive. Um, they don't like to read. But they've heard me talk about it enough <laughs> that I'm pretty sure they could recite most of both of the books because I talk about it so much, and they are very supportive. And um, I'm very lucky that both of them, I've, I've been blessed that, and hopefully my third son, he's starting to show signs of it as well, but they have the most amazing hearts, and they are very, very good people. Uh-huh. And out of everything else, I mean, you can – you can be successful and have money and all that, but if you're actually a good person, that's much more important to me, and I would take be a happier mother to see my sons continue to be good people than, you know, be billionaires. Well, you know, God can take it all away from you, and I have personal experience with that, so you leave you left with nothing more than him. And actually, it could be... And the greatest reward and the richest things that could happen in your life. So experience. So um, I know that for certain. Anyways, uh, Amanda, are you there? Hi, and yeah, guess hello. two. Hi, yeah, Amanda. And guess hi. two. Guess two. Who are you? Sorry, I was muted. This is Mike. Mike. Okay. Do you do you know uh, Ellen? Yes. Yes, me and Ellen are really good friends. Oh, so 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 you, Ellen, you know Mike as well, eh? <laughs> I do. All right. So it's you got a couple of your friends. Her fan base got uh, logged on. <laughs> That's awesome, Amanda. <laughs> yes. Tell us about your friend. Oh my what do goodness. You have this? Uh, so, so we've known each other for, I don't know, over 20 years. Um, she, she's my best friend. We have been ever since we met pretty much. Um, and she is definitely a go-getter. So she has taken this idea and, um, she has gone with it and these books are, are, they're amazing. 
I'm uh, when I read the first one, I was like, oh my goodness, you you're a writer. <laughs> I've known you for this long, um, so I'm I'm very proud of her, and uh, I think it's awesome, and and I'm cheering her on all the way, and and they need to be read. Everyone needs to read them. They're uh, it is all about good versus evil and things that you think in your mind, and, and it, it's awesome. I'm very proud of her. I love you, girl. Thanks. I love you. How about you, Mike? Tell us about your uh, – what's your connection so with uh, Al? What's that? There's so much love in this, in this call here. <clears throat> oh, okay. <laughs> That's good, man. So tell us. Tell us, how do you know Ellen? Um, I met Ellen about three years ago. Um, we actually were coworkers, and um, you know, we just kind of hit it off. Got a lot in common with each other, and uh, I don't know. She's the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. Um, she's driven. Just her heart is pure. I mean, she cares about people genuinely. Um, she's smart, unbelievably smart. And when I read these books, it just blew me away. To uh, you know, actually read her thoughts, you know, because I, I know somebody that did this, you know. So very interesting read. And uh, honestly, I've maybe read three, four books in my life, and that was because I had to to get a grade. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't put these down. Um, it was just unbelievable to, to, to read these. Thank you. Hey, uh, Mike. Uh, what? Tell us about what was your life? Ex- you know, uh, were you going through a lot when these books were presented to you? Um, no, I wouldn't say I was going through a lot. Um, I mean, both me and Ellen have you know something in common as far as us losing our parents. Well, I lost my father. She lost both her parents, but you know, so there's commonality in that. But just to see, you know, kind of her take on you know, religion and, and uh, you know, angels and that kind of stuff. And really just to read the story, you know, that, that she wrote. It's more than more than religion. It's just a really interesting story. How about you, Amanda? How were, how were you touched by uh, maybe, or going a little more detail, if you will, about how you were touched? Have you get a chance to read the books as well? Well, uh, so I'm... I'm a pretty avid reader. I read a lot of, uh, I, I read a lot. And um, so the story, I think with Ellen, she took a lot of her life experiences and a lot of the life experiences of people that she knows, like her family and, and friends and whatnot. And she kind of intertwined those with the stories and kind of made the the story and those events, you know, um, tie in with her, her book and, and, good versus evil and how, you know, it, it, like for me, when I read it, I, I was thinking, man, you know, there, I bet there are angels out there kind of guiding our, our, uh, venture, you know, in life and everything. And so, um, I think that's, I think it's kind of cool how she's done that, you know, and I think that she takes some of her life events and like, Oh, you know, I can, I can really make that into my story. So, I've been touched by that. Plus, you know, I am a character, so if any everyone knows, um, I am a character in the book. <laughs> are you? Well, what character are you? Well, I'm not going to say because I'm, oh. I'm not going to say. We'll just let everybody read it and, and uh, establish well, Here, that, I'll just but. give a hint. Um, that one of the archangels that has a really good relationship with a human, meet Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, um, the personality, there is another character introduced. His name is Adam, and he is based off Mike's personality. Ah. And I can't believe that Mike didn't mention something, but one of the things, you know, when I first met Mike, he is artistic, and he is very talented, and he's not done anything with it. And <laughs> um, he's really pushed me you know, to promote these and to market these and what have you. And along the way, he has actually finished some of his songs and has motivated him. And I know that he's not, he's being a little shy, but he's actually looked at some things differently than I think he did before when he first met me. 
Mike is your last. I would agree with that. Mike is your last. Is your is your last name Adams? Uh there's a good chance. <laughs> well, the reason I ask is that's that's my last name. My name is Michael Adams. That's what I heard. And I'm a, and I'm a musician too. So what do, what do you play? Uh, the drums and the guitar, and right. a little bit of keyboard. All right, so you're multi-talented, so you got you got some rhythm with you. That's good. Great. I've, okay. done, I've done a lot of songwriting in the past, too, so. Um, yes, yeah, creativity. She's, uh, she's definitely a motivator. Well, that's a, good, that's a positive thing to hear. Hey, hey, hey Ellen, how, do, how can anybody uh, get your book? Your books, um, no, books. Books. Um, I do have a fan page on Facebook where they can purchase it or they can go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's on Kindle, pretty much anywhere. If you Google it, they'll come up. And please repeat the name of the two books again for anybody, you know, who would be interested. Ascending Angel. And then the second one is Ascending Angel Miraculous. Right. Very interesting cover, by the way. What motivated you? I drew for that. The... Thank you. You I drew it. it. Yes. You drew it. Well, hold on. Let me back up. <laughs> I drew it. Illustrations made it so much better than what I drew. Ah. So both of them. Well, and actually, Mike helped on the second one. And on the first cover, I did that one, but... You know, obviously, illustrations makes things so much better. <laughs> now, now, unless I'm imagining things, it was more than just drawing, unless it was color pencil. Uh, no, I sent it. Um, no, I used, I basically scanned a piece of paper that I had drawn some eyes and some wings and yeah. put, you know, where I wanted. Because my thought is, I want people to quickly identify with my book, so I'm going to put eyes on every single book. The blue eyes in the first book represent Sarah's eyes because as she's using her abilities, her eyes do light up. The second book, um, Seth, as he is struggling with good versus evil, his eyes will turn red. So the second book, his eyes are the ones that are being represented. And then the third book, I can go ahead and say, will be green eyes. So every book will have different eyes across the top, so that when people are talking, hey, have you read Ascending Angel? I can't remember the name, but it's the blue-eyed book, or it's the green-eyed book. Oh, it's easy good, to identify. Good good marketing strategy. And I'm so glad that there's two eyes instead of one. I'm so sick of seeing that eye of Horus or whatever people call it. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these, these actually represent eyes of um, a character in the book. Yeah. Well, uh, you know... Um, this has been fun. I, I, it sounds like, uh, well, we could talk all day about such things, spirituality and angels and good and bad and, um, or good and evil, I should say. And, um, uh, I, I hope that you have great success in this book and in the series. And, uh, who knows, maybe, uh, after your, um, the party you have and your opening of your new book, uh, you We'll get back together and maybe you can share with us a little bit more of your experiences. Um, and, um, That'd be great. Yeah, and uh, Amanda and Mike, thank you for joining. Thank um, you. It was, it was a very impromptu uh, recording slash show, um, so I'm glad a few people showed up. A lot of times when I do this, especially this time of day, um, uh, well, my audience usually are actually my audience usually are blue collar workers or white collar workers that uh, download my show and listen to them as they're driving at work. So, um, and I'll make sure to put it on um, uh, YouTube. And uh, any closing comments that you would like to say, Ellen? No, thank you for having me in, and thank you for everybody listening and supporting me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. How about you, Amanda, or Mark? Any closing comments? Oh, I just want to tell Ellen congratulations, and of course I will be at her book signing and the opening party and all of that. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to the third book, definitely. So. Right. 
Thank you, Carl. Mike? I will ditto that. Definitely looking forward to that third one. Uh, I've been trying to get some get some stuff out of her, but she's not she's not giving it up. So, um, yeah, I definitely look forward to reading that, and uh, I'll be here to continue to help you and push this thing because I definitely want you to uh, be successful in, in getting this out there so people can read it. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. And Ellen, one more time, repeat the name of the books and where they can get it. I know we just said it five um, minutes ago, but some of us are slow learners and need to be heard, need to hear twice. So. Well, and actually, <laughs> something I didn't mention, I apologize, um, but I will be at this Saturday. I'll be at Buckshot Sports in Newcastle, Indiana, with a friend Don from Hiding Hilda, signing and selling books there. But it's Ascending Angel. And Ascending Angels, the series, and then Miraculous is the second book, Ascending Angel Miraculous. And you can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, actually, even eBay has it now. <laughs> so, uh, cool. It's all and, over uh, the place. If you Google my name or Ascending Angel, it pops right up. And don't forget the color of the eyes. So, All right. Uh, once again, this is old religion, dystopia, knowing versus belief. And... Uh, Talk to you soon. I guess we, oh yeah, we got, uh, what shows do I have lined up as far as uh, interviews? It's hard to keep up with there. Oh, right now I only got two, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got uh, a conversation with M.K. Davis, more in his research and cryptozoology and that kind of thing. And then uh, another one of um, with... Uh, Edward, Edward Henry is an author of many books, and um, we'll be talking more about his research. So, all right, so folks, you can stay on. Just let me end the recording here. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.